Well, unfortunately, generally speaking, when I first started out, uh, my industry is very dependent on how the economy is going. And I learned that the hard way. My husband even says sometimes that I'm, I'm like a barometer for how the economy is going to go. If suddenly I start not getting the same work in that I usually do, it usually means the economy is going to tank. Uh, that is a big challenge. And I think all entrepreneurs have to sort of develop this ability to weather the storm and to know that there's going to be some ebbs and flows. And sometimes the, the you know, the feast or famine mentality, the famine can be pretty long and hard and you have to be willing to have faith that it's going to get better. You have to be willing to change strategies if something's not working. Uh, if you've ever heard the phrase, kill your darlings, I know that's a, a phrase that you often use when referring to, to writing fiction, but it kind of is the same in business. You have to sometimes be willing to give up on an idea that's just not working and, and change directions and change what you're doing. I had to do that myself. I actually started out very dedicated to becoming a print designer. And what that means is I only wanted to create things that could be printed. I didn't want to deal with, deal with websites or uh, digital design of any kind. Uh, social media wasn't a thing then, but that would also follow into it. Welcome, friends, to The Entrepreneur Speaks. I'm your host, Kofi Anumedu. Each week, I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes, and challenges. It is my hope that we will learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. My guest today is Rebecca Kilimnik. She's a formerly trained visual designer and entrepreneur obsessed with user-friendly educational materials, beautiful data, and clear and persuasive presentations. Her company, The Concept Spot, works with marketing and communications departments of businesses around the world. Becky holds an MBA from Georgia Tech and an MFA in Visual Communications from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. She has lectured at over a half dozen colleges. She joins me today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. She will share her journey with us, as well as offer pieces of advice for those of us desirous of creating businesses in the arts. Welcome to this episode of The Entrepreneur Speaks, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start off by getting to know you better. Who is Becky and how was your childhood like? Well, I grew up in a small mountain town in the Appalachian Mountains in the eastern U.S. Very, very isolated town, very small and I knew I wanted to get out very badly. So I saw college as my way out of that town. And I actually took my college entrance exams 10 times, starting when I was 12. Wow. <laughs> and and I, I took the SAT seven times and the ACTs three times. And that was, that was how I was able to get into a college in Chicago, 
where I basically began my entrepreneurial journey in a way. I always knew I wanted to be an artist. My parents absolutely forbade it. So when I went to college, I actually studied anthropology, but on the side, (laughs) on the side, I was teaching myself how to be a graphic designer, which I didn't even know what graphic design was until I got to college. That just wasn't something that existed in my town, but it's essentially um, the graphic design industry means that you are creating a combination of images and words for usually marketing purposes, but sometimes it is for uh, publishing as well, or even just some other kind of communications. If you think of brochures or textbooks or websites, all of that falls into graphic design. And that's what I wanted to do. So I, while I was in college, I would actually skip class and um, get odd jobs at advertising agencies and things down in the city of Chicago, just to sort of learn the ropes and learn my way around. And upon graduation, I did manage to land a series of corporate jobs in in my field, which which was really exciting. But I kept contact with a lot of the people I went to college with, and some of those people ended up becoming some of my first clients. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, after after working for three years, I realized that I wanted to start my own business, but I had no idea how to do it. And I didn't actually have a degree in what I was doing. So I thought I would go back to school and actually go to art school, which is what I did next. Unfortunately, when you go to art school, they don't teach you how to run a business. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I ended up, uh, once I graduated, I ended up becoming a professor, which was fabulous. I really, really love to teach. And to this day, the the materials that I like to make more than anything else are educational. I do love designing textbooks. I love designing presentations that can be used in the classroom. That's really sort of my sweet spot. I love teaching others. But while I was a professor at this college in Chicago, I I had a feeling that it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And I kept feeling like my job was getting in the way of my career, kept having that nagging sense that I really should be working for myself. And my hand was kind of forced. My I got married. I met a, a man in Chicago. And we decided that it was time for him to go back to school and complete his education. And the school that he got into was all the way on the other side of the country in Florida, which was not as metropolitan or cosmopolitan as where we had lived in Chicago. And when we moved there, I was not able to get a job. I had no choice. And I started my business. And that was in 2006. So that's kind of how my journey went from small town mountain girl to running a business. Very interesting. Now let's talk a lot more about your business. The concept spot. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a name. (laughs) The concept (laughs) spot. Um, So can you give us a brief background of the concept spot and what's the story behind the setup? Well, when I first moved to Florida, I needed to 
again, find work. And I started out, what, what a lot of designers do is they start freelancing. Okay. Basically you have, you have a regular job and then on the side, you try to gain clients. You try to get people who are willing to pay you on the side to do extra work. And, um, if you get enough work that you don't have to have that regular job anymore, then you can actually start a business, which is what I did. Um, and I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but the, this whole setup was that I would be, uh, offer services, graphic design services. I did at one point have several people working for me. I also had a business partner at one point, and that was actually a very good arrangement. And through the additional people that I could bring in and through the business partner, we would gain even more and more clients. And it's a little tricky to run a business like that because since there's no product, you you have to base everything off of relationships. Everything I did, every every bit of income that I made was completely based off of my ability to form and nurture these relationships with other businesses that could use my services. So what I would do is I would try to get to know people who worked for marketing departments in other companies. Um, I still had some connections from people that I had worked with in Chicago, people I had gone to school with in Chicago, and I nurtured those relationships. And then I would also try to meet people. Um, I didn't find really any clients in my town in Florida, but Orlando, which is home of Disney World, has a lot of very large businesses. And I was able to nurture some relationships there. And I actually drove 72 miles every day each way to go and- work with companies in Orlando and and I made enough money that I was able to support myself and my husband and pay the people that I hired and it was glorious until the recession hit <laughs> and the recession mm. of 2007 hit Florida particularly hard and luckily I Something I advise against as a business owner is to get into this thing called scarcity mindset, which you basically are you're so worried about losing money that you're not willing to spend money where you need to. Um, usually that's not something you want to do, but it was actually a good thing in my case. That first year of business, I had never made so much money before in my life. And I held on to it. I was terrified <laughs> that I would never make that much money again. <laughs> and it's a good thing too, because we lived on it for three years. That recession hit and it was very, very tough for two years. However, I it was, you know, I, I felt like I was in a better position than a lot of peers of mine who had corporate jobs and were losing them and didn't have anything to fall back on. And here I had this nice little nest egg that I had made for myself, and I spent most of my afternoons on the beach. So I guess it all worked out. <laughs> so how long have you been running this business, and how has the journey been so far? So I did begin it in 2006, and then okay. um, I modified it to include a business partner. One of our major clients, which was a, a, a children's publisher, in Orlando, 
uh, it's now Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, but at the time it was Harcourt, asked me to merge with another person who was doing something similar to me. They said that we could take on larger projects if we merged together, and we did. And we formed a second business. But unfortunately, then Harcourt merged with Houghton Mifflin and just we lost that complete account. And so we sort of scrambled for a while. And it was sort of a hybrid of the concept spot until about 2011, when I I had just had a child and I was fed up with trying to keep up a business and paying all the taxes and the payroll and all of that. And so I just closed things down and became a professor for a few years. And then in 2017, I decided I wanted to go back. And so I started it back up again. So off and on since 2006, but I have worked for myself in little ways ever since I graduated college in 2000. And it's all been in the same industry. So it's okay. a, it's kind of a hard question. <laughs> it's kind of a hard yeah. question to answer, but around 14 years. <laughs> so a, yes. a little dips in there. I did start a second business um, from two, in 2011. I actually opened a brick and mortar art gallery okay. here in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was that a very, yeah. yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, I mean, it was great to have the design background because I was able to do all the marketing and create the website and do all of the materials and the collateral for the gallery, but it was very overwhelming. Um, Again, the recession was still going on and art is a very difficult thing to sell. I say if you want to start a business in the arts, consider something a little bit more commercial like graphic design or um, illustration, as opposed to trying to open an art gallery. It looks romantic. It sounds romantic. It was a lot of work. It cost us $10,000 a month just to keep the lights on. And I don't think I would ever do that again. <laughs> you just mentioned something I was just about to ask, but I'll still go ahead and ask. Um, okay. What if one of my listeners, I'm sure a number of my listeners might be desirous in building a business in the arts, mm-hmm. what would be your advice to such a person? Is it advisable to start something in that area? And if the person should do so, how should the person go about it? Well, there is a lot of opportunities in the arts. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, which means that there's there's not as much competition as you might think. My biggest piece of advice I can give, um, this especially applies to the arts, but it applies to any industry, is get to know as many people as you can in that industry before you launch. And the best way to do that is to actually work in the industry. Try to, you know, for me, I would have had a much better luck running an art gallery if I had worked in an art gallery before it started. If I had gotten to know other gallery owners, I did network, but it wasn't the same as the experience of actually working in the industry for somebody else. There's sort of an apprenticeship model to it. And I think that that is really what has made me successful is working in the industry in a corporate way and building those connections and earning my chops as it were and uh, getting people to know and respect me before I ventured out on my own. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give. 
Thank you very much for sharing this with our listeners. Now, let's look at challenges. I believe mm-hmm. this journey hasn't been that rosy. You've had a fair share of your, your ups and downs. Let's look yeah. at your challenges. What indeed are some of the ch- challenges you've encountered on this journey? Well, unfortunately, generally speaking, when I first started out, uh, my industry is very dependent on how the economy is going. And I learned that the hard way. My husband even says sometimes that I'm I'm like a barometer for how the economy is going to go. If suddenly I start yeah. not getting the same work in that I usually do, it usually means the economy is going to tank. Uh, that is a big challenge. And I think all entrepreneurs have to sort of develop this ability to weather the storm and to know that there's going to be some ebbs and flows. And sometimes the the you know the feast or famine mentality, the famine can be pretty long and hard, and you have to be willing to have faith that it's going to get better. You have to be willing to change strategies if something's not working. Uh, if you've ever heard the phrase, kill your darlings, I know that's a, a phrase that you often use when referring to, to writing fiction, but it kind of is the same in business. You have to sometimes be willing to give up on an idea that's just not working and and change directions and change what you're doing. I had to do that myself. I actually started out very dedicated to becoming a print designer. And what that means is I only wanted to create things that could be printed. I didn't want to deal with, deal with websites or uh, digital design of any kind. Uh, social media wasn't a thing then, but that would also follow into it. I had an offer um, before I even left Chicago. A friend of mine that I had gone to college with had started a marketing agency in Chicago, and he actually ended up doing quite well. It was a regret of mine for a while for doing this, but he asked me to go into business with him. This was in 2003. He asked me to go into business with him to build websites, and I turned it down. I said, no, I absolutely want to stick to print. That's what I want to do. Well, now, almost 20 years later, web design is one of the biggest things I do. I actually ended up teaching myself to code. When I got a job teaching at, uh, at during running the art gallery, because it was losing so much money, that's I went back to teaching. And they asked me to teach web design and web coding, front-end development, and I didn't know how to do it. And they said, oh, you'll figure it out. And so I had to learn really fast how to code so I could teach it. Uh, There's our education system. So I learned how to do it. It's still not my favorite thing, but it's what has helped work come in. And also because I have this very print-focused background, but I also have this ability to code, it's made me a very valuable vendor for a lot of people. Not a lot of people can do what I can do. And it's because I was willing to learn something new that I didn't think I could do. Um, so that that's another thing. You know, you have to be willing to change directions. You have to be willing to weather the storm. You also have to be willing to know when to spend money and when to save money. And that's also kind of a, a difficult thing to learn. It helps to keep a close eye on your numbers. A lot of 
business owners, especially business owners who go into the arts, don't want to deal with the financial aspects of things. They, they're they afraid of dealing with the taxes and the numbers and all that. But it's important to keep an eye on that um, and just to sort of bite the bullet and get over it and, and, and pay attention because that's how you're going to learn how to have that grit and how to get through those tough, tough times. Very interesting. In talking about the, your challenges, you've mentioned some lessons that came with it, but I still want to ask, are there other lessons you've picked up along your entrepreneurial journey? Yes, absolutely. One of the biggest lessons I learned, actually, I have two, two really important lessons. I knew going in not to do this, and I did it anyway. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it would be different. The first is do not put all your eggs in one basket. Do not base your entire business off of one or two large clients. This is a very common thing in advertising and design. You land an account that takes up all of your resources and it makes thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It makes so much money and you think, oh, okay, well, this is all I have to do. I just have to work for this one client. And then you start hiring people and hiring more people to take on this work. And before you know it, it's almost like you're an extra department for this one client. And then that client changes hands or the person you were working with moves to another job. And suddenly you've lost your entire business and you have to let go of people. I did this, that uh, publishing company that I mentioned out in, in Florida was basically became my primary client. And I kept having that little sense in my head, like, you shouldn't be doing this, Becky. You should try having other clients. But the work was so good and it was so much. And I loved what I was doing so much that I didn't listen to it. And then when there was that merger with another company, the new company they merged with said, oh, we have our own vendors. My company did survive because I had a few other little clients, but there were some companies much larger than my, mine that dried up because of that, because they made the same mistake. So that is that is a lesson. And I, and I saw it too when I lived in Chicago. I had friends who worked for these advertising agencies and they would have you know, one big client and that's all they did. And then the client went away and it can be very capricious. You never know what could happen with that client and then suddenly you've lost your business. So that would be one piece of advice. And then the other one that also I didn't pay as much attention to as I should have, but now I do, is to look more at, again, I mentioned you need to pay attention to your numbers. Look at your revenue versus your cash flow. A lot of people get caught into this game of, okay, I have to make so much money per month to keep things going. And they take on jobs or they make relationships with companies that may not be the best for the business. They may not actually help grow the business, but it means that there's a certain amount of money that's coming in every month because of those relationships. And that's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to look overall revenue for the year. What is going to help the business grow and what is going to increase revenue 
year by year as opposed to what is going to make sure that I have enough cash flow month by month. And if you look at your yearly revenue instead of your monthly cash flow, you're going to be in a better position to actually grow your business and make your goals, make your five-year goals and your 10-year goals. And you're not going to get stuck in these these relationships and these um, situations that are actually going to hurt your business instead. We find ourselves in a new era. We are confronted with the corona virus pandemic and it's affecting a lot of business has the covid affected your operations in any way it has well my business has grown significantly since covid hit wow it could <laughs> yes now it may be because of covid it could be just because this is at the point in my business where it was meant to grow I, it's hard for me to say. I have been very mobile and digital in the way I run my business for several years now. Um, I've been using Zoom <laughs> for a very long time because I have okay. international clients. And it, so it was very easy for me to continue working uh, The with with everybody suddenly being at home suddenly um, having to do everything online, it didn't change how I did business. I think there may have been an increase in the business I received because a lot of my clients weren't able to do the business they usually did. They weren't able to be out and about and um, create some of the, the customer relationships that they usually did. So they decided instead to focus on their marketing and focus on projects that they'd been put on hold for a while. And I was the one who helped them through those projects, redesigning their website or creating a new style guide for their brand, um, things like that. That's the sort of stuff that I've been doing. And so I think in that sense, COVID did help me and my business. And I think that those businesses were really smart. Again, they weren't looking at that cash flow. They were looking at, well, we can't do anything about this situation. What is going to in- increase our revenue over time? What can we do with this downtime? And so they decided to bolster some of their marketing efforts. So I am very thankful and appreciative for that. It has been difficult because I'm also a mom and I have children home. And so uh, doing their virtual <laughs> learning. <laughs> so I, I've, it's, it's been stressful, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn down the work. I've just, I've just been having a lot of very late nights. <laughs> yeah. But on, on, on the money side, it's been very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I can't also, I, it's hard for me to spend, you know, I can't spend that much money right now. Uh, just, yes. um, you know, the income that I receive. So I, that, in a way, that's good. I'm just putting it back into the business. So that's helping things as well. Excellent. Um, so where do you draw your inspiration from to do what you're doing? <laughs> well, I always remind myself that when I've tried to do something else, I, I, I can't stand it. I keep coming back to this. It's, I'm just pulled to it. I do come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My my father started his business when I was in college and his father 
had always worked, you know, had a construction business in Florida. And um, we just kind of don't do very well in corporate environments, people in my family. (laughs) So I draw a lot of inspiration from the idea of being my own boss, making my own rules, sort of Mm. being in charge of the direction of my own life, which is very liberating for me. But I also, I just don't do well in any other situation. Even as a professor, you have a lot of freedom as a professor, but there, there were still a lot of restrictions. And I just craved having the ability to to do work on my own. And I would also watch my students do these amazing projects and go off and do these these great things. And I was jealous of them. I said, I want to be going off and doing those great things too. Uh, From an artistic perspective, I don't know that I necessarily get inspired anymore for the work I create. I've just been doing it so long. Um, It's... I, I don't need a muse to to come to me to 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 create. It just happens. It's become kind of a job and a routine, but that's fine. I love what I do, and so uh, I've I've done everything at this point. I don't think there's a single thing that I haven't designed. So there's no great project that I'm looking for over the horizon for me. It's it's work that I love, and the more the better. I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. It does. So do you still teach or your focus now is solely on your company? Every once in a while, I will do um, a guest lecture at okay. a university here in Atlanta. I, I try to do that a few times a year. So I will just come in and give a presentation in front of a classroom of college or graduate students. I also will sometimes do a little course on my own. I recently did just a four-week graphic design class. A friend of mine started her own art school online and asked me to do it. And um, those I do solely online, just through Zoom. People all over the, the world can take it. I've done a few little things like that, too. I, I really do love teaching. I just can't do it all the time. But yeah, I'll do that. And then sometimes I will also just decide to do a lecture, I might rent out a classroom or something and advertise and just have a free lecture that people can come. It's a way for me to give back, I guess, to my community. And it's also a great way to build relationships. You never know what, I mean, you never know where a client could come from. I've been surprised by some of the things that have happened as a result of me just doing community outreach like that. That's interesting. We just about ending our conversation for today. What would be your last words or pieces of advice for our listeners? You know, everything I've mentioned so far has been very technical, but I would say at the end of the day, if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you are an entrepreneur, follow your heart and trust your intuition. Those things are so valuable and they don't teach you to do that in business school, but that is another lesson I have learned is that when you trust those instincts, you're going to make the right decisions and you're going to be very profitable. Thank you very much, Becky, for sharing your experience with us today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. We wish you the very best. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. This has been another exciting episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. 
I'll come your way next time with another interesting episode. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Stay safe and let's continue to keep hope alive. Cheers.